0: Hi, everybody. I'm Deacon Dave.
1: And I'm Lay Person Lisa.
0: Welcome to the Deacon, Deacon Dave, Dave and Lay Person, Lay Person Lisa show. show. Welcome back, everybody. We hope you enjoyed our... We are trying to take the show. This is our director barking at us, as always, making sure that we're talking loud enough so that you can hear us. We hope you enjoyed our bonus episode, I'm talking loud enough, on Veiling. And look who's with us. It's Kenzie. It, you might have thought it was a week later. We're pretending like it's a week later, but it's really only been like two or three minutes. Anyway, welcome back, Kenzie.
2: Nice to be on the set again. You are great, I'm going <laughs> to tell
0: you what. And this is a brand new set that we built just for you so that you when you came on the show, it would be nice for you. <laughs> so you. now, guess what? We're at part eight, Lisa?
1: Yes, of nine. Of
0: nine. We're almost done <laughs> on Angels. Yes. And what are we talking about today cherubim the cherubim so go ahead lisa what do we have on the cherubim kenzie you jump in whenever you want
1: the cherubim
2: wasn't that the one that god asked to be put on the ark of the covenant was it? Yes,
0: they yes! are. You're oh, stealing material.
1: Here, okay. you, you do it. <laughs>
0: pretty soon this will be called the Kenzie Sullivan show.
1: But, we'll, or, we'll be the guest.
0: We'll be the guest. It'll be a lot less work,
1: Lisa. That's true. This,
0: this might be a good gig. She sure. could just we could just call in when she's in college. Yeah. I like it. So what else now that she stole some of your thunder? Yeah. You're supposed to ask questions, Kenzie. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. Go ahead, Lisa.
1: So cherubim means the seat of the glory of God and is interpretive Fullness of knowledge.
0: Fullness of knowledge. Yes. So the cherubim have fullness of knowledge. So that means they know everything. Yes. I wish I had fullness of
1: knowledge. Um, and I have more information on that. So oh, so Catholic tradition describes them as angels who have an intimate knowledge of God and continually praise Him. They reflect God's omniscient, omniscient, omnis-
0: omniscience,
1: omnipotence.
0: Omniscience means all knowing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm so sorry everybody
0: (laughs) these are the only two people I could find today I'm just kidding they're wonderful you know I love them so I have a question because it talks about this intimacy with God so Kenzie intimacy with God what does that mean to you
2: so to me I would say like having a relationship with God
0: okay that was a nice general answer (laughs) but how do you have that intimacy how do you have that relationship with God How can we be more like the cherubim in our relationship with God?
2: Um, I'd say the first start is unceasing prayer.
0: Unceasing prayer. There she goes, quoting uh, St. Paul. (laughs) So what about you, Lisa? How do we have a more intimate relationship with God?
1: Um, Yeah, I like Mackenzie's answer of prayer. Reading the Bible.
0: Reading the Bible. You know, I like the idea. We just had the veiling episode, too, right? Yeah. So there's this intense focus that we should have on the liturgy itself, right? Because that's oh, where yeah. heaven meets earth. Right. And so if we have this intense focus on God's word, like you're suggesting, and then on his Eucharist, right, becoming one with him, abiding in them, then I would think we would begin to have a more intimate relationship with God. Any other ways y'all think we could be more intimate in our relationship the sa- with God? Um,
1: Frequent God? Sacra- frequent use of the sacraments?
0: Are you okay today?
1: I don't know. You're a min- I, <laughs> I can't thought- talk today. She
0: worked today, so. My
1: brain's a little fried.
0: That's okay, I get it. And I worked all day on the retreat center as well. Oh, that's true. So yeah, the sacraments are really important. So let's think about this for a minute, and then we'll get back to the cherubim. If I want to be intimate um, in my relationship with God, then I need to be right in my relationship with him, which means that the sacrament of reconciliation is so very important with regards to our intimacy with God. So, how can you be intimate with someone if you're you know they're mad at you or you're mad at them and, and things aren't right? It's kind of hard. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I definitely you have to be in their good graces. Yes,
0: yeah, so the director is walking around, you can't see him. But I'm gonna pick him up so you can see yeah, him. Me Here's the off. director.
2: <laughs>
0: this is Senor Bailey Reeves. He's 15. He is the senior member of our podcast team. So, intimacy. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: Oh no, you're fine. So yeah, I think like intimacy, you have to be in their good graces, and in this case, in God's grace, good grace.
0: So, So do we really think about intimacy with God? I don't think so. Why not? Do we think it's important to talk about think about intimacy with God to actually want to experience? Okay. So, if I were to ask you this question. What was one example of when you felt like you were uh, having an intimate encounter with God?
1: Receiving the Eucharist.
0: Okay, receiving the Eucharist. Any time in particular or every
1: time? Um, I mean, unfortunately, I wouldn't say it's been every time of my life, but um, like uh, when we came back, well, when I, like the first time I received the Eucharist after the corona, the pause in the masses, I think that was like really... Um, extra special.
0: And I think that's that's part of the challenge we have, right, is that it's just like being married. If you're, you, 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 you're around someone every day, or maybe you receive the Eucharist every week or every several days, and it becomes, okay, this is something I'm going to do. Or this is my wife and I see her every day. And we begin to lose that intimacy if we're not careful. And that intimacy is really important in, in our lives, and especially when we face times of difficulty right? Um, Because then you go to rely on that intimate person in those times of difficulty. Hopefully that intimate person is Jesus. What about you? Do you have an intimate encounter you would like to share with us?
2: Yeah, definitely. I'd say... um, In five
0: seconds or less, please. uh I'm just kidding.
2: (laughs) Um, the Eucharistic Adoration um, oh, yeah. at the Steubenville Conference. Uh, yes, that was
1: really beautiful.
0: My son had the same experience, and we have to go.
1: Yeah, we, I totally want to.
0: Right, maybe we can do a trip to Steubenville. Yeah,
1: we could do that. Yeah, that'd be awesome.
0: I heard the dorm rooms are really great. Eh, maybe not. It's That's a okay. dorm room. <laughs> it's a dorm room.
1: It'll be worth it.
0: So, Lisa, what else do you have on the cherubim?
1: Oh, so we actually have a description of them which I think is pretty cool. It's from Ezekiel, and they were human in form, but each had four faces and four wings, and their legs were straight, the soles of their feet like the hooves of a bull, gleaming like polished brass. Human hands were under their wings, and the wings of one touched those of another. Their faces and their wings looked out on all their four sides. They did not turn when they moved, but each went straight ahead. Their faces were like this. Each of the four had a human face, and on the right of the face of a lion, and on the left, the face of an ox, and each had the face of an eagle. Such were their faces. Their wings were spread out above. On each one, two wings touched one another, and the other two wings covered the body. So it's cool, we have a description of them.
0: So was that description also of what we use for uh, for the different Gospels?
1: yes that yes i have that a little later but yes the let me find it
0: so so i have a question though lisa i was a little confused so do they have four faces that's what it says so they look like a box (laughs) but they can wouldn't it be neat if we had four faces maybe they're always
1: because they're all they're always looking around wouldn't that be neat if we could also do that Well, there's definitely a reason why
2: every time an angel appears in the Bible it says do not be afraid because I don't know, if I saw that,
1: I'd be terrified.
0: Terrified, (laughs) exactly right. But remember, they have an intimate, all-knowing knowledge of God.
1: Mm -hmm. But the lion, the calf, the human... So in the New Testament, they also, um, uh, in the book of Revelation, they also mention a lion, a calf, a human being, and an eagle. And they symbolize what is noblest strongest, wisest, and swiftest in creation, in addition to being used as symbols of the evangelists.
0: So I have a question. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: How do we become all-knowing? We can't. We can't. But what should we do? Try. How do we try?
2: By being intimate with God. Okay, okay. (laughs) She's giving me back what I said.
0: But I moved on a little bit from the intimacy with God to how do we really get to know more? And you talked about it in our last bonus episode.
2: Oh, educating yourself. Educating
0: ourselves, and I mean, what are, what are some ways that we can educate ourselves so that we know more about our faith? Um, and obviously, we're learning more about the angels. But how do we? What are, What are some good ways to do that? You think?
2: Um, I'd start with just looking up random topics you want to learn about. That's what I do.
0: She said well, she would Google.
2: <laughs> that's what I heard. I would Google them, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Unreputable Catholic sites. Yes, yes. So that's always important. Yep, like Catholic Online, um, uh, the Papal and and. There we go. So Vatican Capals? documents. Yeah, Vatican. There's documents. Lots of
0: Vatican documents that you can go to. How long have we been going? Nine minutes. Okay, good. So lots okay. of Vatican documents mm-hmm. that you can do. Catechism. Yeah, Ascension
2: Presents makes amazing videos. Right,
0: so there's tons of resources out there that are solid Catholic resources that we could take advantage of to grow in our faith. Mm -hmm. In fact, I offer a Bible study every Monday night and Tuesday mornings and Friday mornings where we do the daily readings on Tuesdays and Fridays, and we are doing Ascension Presents Metanoia series right now.
1: That is Wild Goose.
0: Oh, I'm sorry.
1: But Wild Goose and Ascension are both great.
0: I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to steal the thunder of the wild goose. It's the wild goose. I've been working all day. What can I say? So what else about the cherubim? Oh, well,
1: I was going to say you could go on retreats. So you, you were asking
0: a right. question. You, you can learn more by going on retreats. Yes. Like we have a men and women's crucio coming up in September and October, if you'd like to go to one of those. Crucio is a short course in Christianity, so that's actually a good place to start. What were you going to say, Kenzie? What I I thought you were gonna say something. That I think she was you
2: agreeing with the retreat thing. Yeah, you could also write retreats. Yes. I've learned so much writing retreats. You are,
0: isn't it amazing? <laughs> it and do is. some research on your own. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of good stuff out there, reading from the early church fathers.
1: Oh yeah, early yeah. church fathers have incredible documents. Oh yeah, I actually have something from them. Go ahead. So the cherubim and the seraphim, which we'll talk about um, next episode, take the highest place in the hierarchy a rank which was ascribed to them already by St. Cyril of Jerusalem and St. Chrysostom. So I think they're talking about John, St. John.
0: Awesome Chrysostom. Yeah. That's how somebody taught me to say St. <laughs> yes. John Chrysostom. Yes,
1: that's the easy way to remember. And which Pope Gregory the Great made familiar to the West. On the cherubim, he says that cherubim means the fullness of knowledge and that these most sublime hosts are thus called because they are filled with the knowledge which is the more perfect as they are which is the more perfect, as they are allowed to behold the glory of God more closely.
0: Behold the glory of God. So how often do we get to behold the glory of God?
1: Every time we go to Mass.
0: So we go to Mass. Mm-hmm.
2: Go to Adoration. Go to Adoration.
0: And, and then maybe maybe in some way we should also be looking for the glory of God because we're all members of the body of Christ, right? In one another.
1: Or like even in like a sunset.
0: Exactly, in okay. nature. Yeah, nature. beautiful, beautiful example. So there's so many ways that we can experience the glory of God on a daily basis. And we just have to be a... so think about it. The more that we are open to the glory of God and, and how he presents himself to us in so many ways, the more intimate we will become with not, with with God. And because of the intimacy we want we want to grow in knowledge about God. Do you like the way I tied all three of those together? Yeah, Yeah. it is. Right. So what else do you have on the cherubim?
1: Well, talking about the glory of God in uh, the book of Revelation, they also say that the uh, cherubim were day and night. They do not stop exclaiming, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come.
0: I like this because they never stop proclaiming the glory of God. Yeah. So I ask you a question. Are we? You talked about praying unceasingly. Do we constantly proclaim the glory of God each and every day?
2: We can try. To, yeah, oh, we, we can try. Sin, we
0: don't. Right. But so, how can we more actively proclaim the glory of God in our day-to-day life? See, this is the practical part of our show. How about
1: liturgy, of the hours, because the psalms. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, the Liturgy of the Hours is beautiful, absolutely. And that's something you can do uh, by yourself or as a group, mm-hmm. but you are participating with the entire church when, throughout the world when you do that. Mm-hmm. What other ways can we uh, proclaim the glory of God?
2: I think like actively searching for God throughout your day. Right. Um, it can also like create a more positive mindset, so you're more likely to see God through the little things in your day.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, because so God's not only omniscient, he's omnipresent. Right, which means he's everywhere. And so if we're aware of that, um, then we can give him glory. What other ways do you think we, that we can proclaim God's glory through the day?
1: Evangelize. Right.
0: Evangelization is a huge way. So I was talking to some of the Master Gardeners, and I always ask everybody, are you Catholic or yes. whatever the case may be? And that opens up conversation. A lot of times we're afraid to open up that conversation about God. That cuts off the glory part of it because we're just afraid to get started any thoughts on that from either one of you
1: oh so i have a good quote that kind of ties into that so i had never heard of saint macarius the great but you know we've been talking about how we can't see 99 percent of god's creation right and he said believe me if you knew who is with you you would not fear anything the world has to offer so that made me just when i read that it just made me picture like all these like angels and saints and jesus and mary like always having our back like just surrounding
0: us. And you know what we just learned to tie into that on the the Metanoia series by Wild Goose? (laughs) What we learned was is that uh, sometimes we're afraid of evil, but the devil is more afraid of us because of who we have in us and who we have in and around us. Mm. And so we need to live our lives boldly um, proclaiming the gospel, proclaiming Jesus Christ, and and living that life out uh, in, in how we do things. So any closing... Do we have any, anything else you want to cover? Well, just to like
1: touch on what um, Mackenzie had said about um, the cherubim being... Um, they were the carved figures adorned on the lid of the Ark of the Covenant, which prefigured both the Virgin Mary tabernacling the unborn Christ and the Eucharistic tabernacles of our churches containing the new mon- manna of Christ's sacramental body and blood. So... Um, it's pretty cool like that this even like goes before jesus was born
0: right so next time you're checking out tabernacles see if there's any cherubim that are uh, carved in or whatever the case may be
1: yeah ewtn on youtube i think they still have it it's live adoration and they have um angels like holding up the hosts on that's one quite, of their monstrances. that's really quite beautiful cool. isn't that it is yeah that's cool
0: all right so any closing thoughts from you kenzie uh
2: um, well, kind of going off of like just that one part where like God commanded like the angels to be uh, crafted onto the Ark of the Covenant. Covenant is actually a supporting factor of why Catholics use statues.
0: Now she's bringing up a whole another podcast.
2: Yeah, sorry, sorry. Which we will bring up <laughs> when
0: she comes back for her college break. We'll have you back on because I know you love doing this, and we can talk about statues right. and how uh, people misunderstand what it is that we do with statues. I don't want to give anything away. Lisa, any final thoughts from you? No, that's it. That's it. I'm Deacon Dave.
1: I'm layperson Lisa.
0: And he's Bailey Dakota. We'll talk to you next time. And this time. is Mackenzie. And oh. this is Mackenzie. <laughs> we'll talk to you next time. All right, Director, turn off the. turn it off for me. Cut. Cut. He's telling me to do it. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. There we go. Cut this one off.